praise the Lord. Good morning, amen. Truly thank God for another wonderful day that he has made. Let us rejoice and continue yes. to be glad in that day. Know that God, amen, is a doer of his word. Praise be God. Our testimony that I have, amen, it truly was a, a blessing and an honor to be able to, you know, to be able to go there. Amen. My mom had her surgery on yesterday and then. You know, it's been prolonging for almost two years uh, since COVID-19 started. They kept uh, pushing it back from day to day, month by month, year by year. But I thank God, amen, that, you know, everything went very good. Praise be to God. And our trip there on yesterday, amen, Dr. Peter, amen, we was able, you know, one day out of the week when we was able to just drive and just talk and commune and, you know, not be in no rush. You know, to be able to, you know, to have a, a, a godly conversation about what's going on and, you know, just thinking about all the things that God has done, you know, the things that we have, you know, invested into the kingdom of God and, you know, from the overcoming uh, COVID-19 celebration, praise the Lord, and, you know, the, the podcast and the platform, but as we was going there, amen, God gave us a, a safe trip there, no barriers, no travel. I mean, it was just the smoothest trip. Very, very short, you know, and smooth and all the way there. And once we got there, we thank God, amen, that we got on time because originally my mom was supposed to have her, uh, well, she told me, huh, she told me that uh, that they was going to accept her at 8.30. So, of course, we got up, you know, about 4, about four o'clock that morning, yesterday morning, but that wasn't the case. But my next to the oldest sister had sent us a text and let us know that uh, they weren't going to accept her until 11 o'clock. So I said, wow. I said, well, praise God, amen. We are already up. We're ready, amen. And we had time to go and get us some breakfast, and, you know, sit down in the vehicle, get us some breakfast, and praise God and have some more conversation without being in a rush. And, you know, until my mom got there, and I thank God, amen, because, you know, as she was going, before she went up there, you know, my sister Belinda had already told me that uh, can't no one go up there except her, you know, just her and mom. So um, I thank God that we arrived there one time, praise the Lord, and was able to pray over my mom, amen. My sister was there, her sister wasn't there with my sister Sharon, who's also lives in that battle with her husband Pat, but they would be there this afternoon. But I thank God, amen, we was able to lay hands on it, pray over it, pray the scriptures, praise be to God, Ephesians chapter 6 and 10 through 18, pray the whole arm of God over it, amen. As we were praying, there was people that was passing by, you know, getting ready to go see their loved ones up there in the hospital up there, and they were just thinking, they turned around and they said, thank y'all, thank y'all so much, thank y'all for your prayers. Amen. I said, yes, amen. This is a universal prayer, not only just for my mother who prepared for surgery, but for everyone who's in this hospital. Amen. And every hospital all over the world. So it was just an awesome time, amen, to, to be able to pray over Blessed Mae Davis, amen, before she went up there and, and she had the full confidence in her eyes. I said, you ready? I, I said, you know, God got you. He is the chief physician. He said, I'm ready. Praise the Lord. Amen. God got me. I know I know everything's going to be all right. So as we um, finish with the prayer, amen, she went up.
went up there with my sister Belinda and got her all prepared for everything for the surgery. And praise the Lord, amen. As we were sitting out there in the lobby out there, we had a very, very um, good conversation with my second to the oldest sister, Wanda, amen, and just in keeping everybody encouraged. She was in, in, encouraging us. He was encouraging her. He was talking about the Lord, talking about all the goodness, talking about the overcoming celebration of, of COVID-19 that happened on Sunday and, you know, talking about the podcast, the platform, and, you know, where God is taking us to right now. And thank God, amen. And Sister Belinda came back downstairs while we was in the lobby there. And everybody was so nice. I mean, it was just the atmosphere was already saturated. We laid at the head desk there, we checked our temperature and ensured that we washed our hands with sanitation, um, uh, uh, lotion there. I mean, everybody was very nice and very, you know, customer service related. And um, my sister Belinda came back downstairs, so, you know, while mom was in service and um, service there. So we all went and got us something to eat and we was riding around motor there and trying to figure out, okay, where can we go to eat at? You know, and, as we began about riding around, Pastor Peter said, well, there goes some cheros over there. I said, praise God, amen. That's one of our favorite restaurants, amen. Pastor Peter, Pastor Leslie, Pastor Sharon, that we'd like to go and be there, amen. You know, we introduced it to our sister, our sister them, so they, now they love it now. But uh, as we was getting ready to go into the restaurant there, it's a chero, amen. I, I know it was a God sent, amen, uh, person there. Uh, he met us at the door there. He had uh, his name. He had on uh, his name tag, Mr. Chick. And um, I like, wow, you know, God was so friendly. I, you you would have thought he was an angel. I mean, he's like seventy some years old. He had been twenty eight years in the postal service, and him and his wife had been married for over sixty years. And uh, after he retired, he you know he just met us with so much you know gladness and acceptance as we came through the door and, you know, he was talking, he seen my veteran guy and he said, sir, I just truly thank you for your service. He said, I didn't serve in the military. He said, but I truly thank y'all for everything that you do. And he said, he said, you know, outline here, he said, I just want to say that, you know, anytime they play the national, I mean, the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, he said, I get, I get real misty. I get real, you know, you know, Sad on that, he said. But you know, I know that you know it's the cause, you know, the sacrifice that all service men and women who have dedicated their lives, you know, for this awesome nation that we live in. And he said, just it just be an honor when I hear that. I said, wow. He said, you know, I'm, I'm right now. I'm getting a little busy right now. I mean, just a humble guy. I mean, he's like, wow, this guy, this guy, this must be an angel from God. Amen. Angel sent from God. Because every language that he was speaking, it was about encouragement. He was uh, encouraging. I let him know that we were down here because my mom was having surgery. And he's like, wow. He said, you know, I'm going to continue to pray for your mom. And, you know, it's, it's so awesome to meet you all. He said, you know, I really don't I really don't need to work. But, you know, I, I, he said, I love people. I love talking to people. I, I just like to have a conversation with people. He said, that's why I work in here. Usually would be a lot of these young people in here. You know, my supervisor, she don't mind. You know, she just loves, loves my, my appearance and my, 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 attitude, my attitude and how I treat the people. So sometimes I talk to people 
here in this restaurant for hours. My supervisor, they don't say anything because they know how just the chick is. I said, wow, sir, I said, that is so awesome to be able to have a, a place where you can come and you can share your gifts, share your talent, amen, tell people about Jesus. And, um, you know, he just was so customer service, just user friendly. Kept coming back, asking us, do you need anything? Talk about my dreams. And this is not a, you know, we, we ain't talking about no expensive restaurant. It's a fast food, pretty much a fast food restaurant. But uh, it's good for you with vegetables and stuff like that. But it was just so awesome to be able to see the customer service that this gentleman, and he was not only doing for us, but he was also going to the table to other people who was looking at us, amen. And they were like, wow, you know, you know, thank y'all, thank y'all for y'all prayer, because, you know, we prayed, and it was awesome that he, before um, before we got ready to start eating, he said, you know, after we, I'm sorry, after we got finished eating, he said, do y'all mind that I pray for y'all? He said, y'all, he said, sure, no problem, amen, you know, what a blessing to be able to have someone to come, you know, in a restaurant, you know, wait on us, amen, and said that they want to pray, and I'm telling this man, yeah, awesome prayer, and I knew right then how Stephen said it too. You know, you know, we know he was saved, we know he a Christian, but he recognized the spirit that we had, amen, the fruit of the spirit that we had coming inside the restaurant, not sad, not worried, not showing our frustration about what our mom got to go through, but we was encouraging each other, we were smiling, we were laughing, we were talking, and he prayed a prayer, my God, I mean, very sincere prayer from the heart, and it truly was a blessing. I mean, he just wanted to stay there and just talk all day, and I'm like, wow, God, this is so positive. I said, boy, if I nothing with him, boy, we probably still be there right now, amen. By, by looking and recognizing the fruit of the spirit of this man here, it's just a blessing and an honor to be able to be in the conversation with him. And as we got ready to leave, amen, we was prepared to go, and you know, he cleaned up our table, took our trays from them, put it in the trash can, and even opened the door. My God, opened the door and the front door for us to go out. I mean, just such awesome customer service. And we, we just truly, we, we thank God, amen, for that. Because we couldn't wait any other place around there to eat. But God sent us there. We was led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. God has spoke to God's feet and said, hey, there goes some cheerleaders, so let us go over there. And it's just a diamond in the rough. Amen. Right there on the corner of public in Moultrie, Georgia. My God, you know, I was thinking about, hey, man, maybe we might want to just go back down there just to eat, just to meet the gentleman again. I mean, it's just such a, a beautiful spirit. You know, you know, him and his wife, I know they both are saved and, and living for the Lord. But as we got rid of the to go, amen, after he opened the door, and he thanked us again for coming and, you know, meeting us, and we prayed, praise be to God, and as we were getting ready to get in the vehicle, amen, and, uh, the doctor sent a test and let my, uh, my older sister know that mom is okay, she's recovering, in the recovery stage, they had her in the labor and delivery room, amen. So we was making a joke there. We like, wow, mom and I had another baby. We we talked to her on the phone. We said, you all right? She said, yes, yes, I'm still here. Amen. I said, well, praise God. Amen. They got you in the labor and delivery room. Praise God. Amen. You don't have another baby. She said, yeah, I had another baby. 
and things like this. My sister done just laughing and joking about it, amen, and just bringing her spirit up, amen, because laughter is good for the soul, amen, and just, you know, just laughing, and amen, after a major surgery like that, praise be to God, shows you the spirit and the power of God on what he can do, amen, in less than an hour, I mean, it didn't take that long, it was a major surgery, but it took less than an hour, and we know because of the prayers of the righteous, amen, coming from uh, Pastor them, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Sharon, amen, the minister, Pastor David, amen, Mother Helen, Brother Quinn, Brother Siobhan, praise be to God, Sister Anne, amen, and all of my aunties, praise be to God, amen. We know that the prayers of the righteous have been with much, and we truly thank God because Mom, she does get on our Sunday worship service. She can't wait to get on, amen, uh, our virtual service, amen. She's there. She was there on Sunday on the phone listening in, amen, because of what we are doing for the Lord, amen, and it's not going in the vain, because, not just to say that because that's my mom, but because for everyone who has been healed from sickness and disease and calamities and infirmities, because we stand in tune with God, we stand connected to God, and we giving him all the glory, all the honor, and everything, my God, in everything. And thank God, amen, she is fully vaccinated, praise be to God. She continues to live, amen, and continues to declare the works of the Lord in the earth. So God bless, amen. That's, that's my testimony, amen, for me and Pastor Fever, amen, for an awesome time that we had yesterday encounter with people, amen, who love God. And maybe only a few, but we, they let us know, they confirm to us that, they have those out there who love God, who love God's people. That's what he kept saying. I just love people. Amen. I just love talking to people. I just love to make people smile. Like, wow, praise be to God. At least we know that there is more than one of us out there who are serving God from the heart, not being aggressive beggars, but looking, amen, for those souls out there to be saved, sanctified, and delivered from the power of evilness and wickedness that is in this world to live God, amen, in their heart for the rest of the time that we here on this earth. So God bless, amen. I thank God, amen. That is my testimony for me and Pastor Stephen. Praise be to God on our day that we had yesterday and most importantly the days that were leading up, amen, from getting on to creating the prayer culture for God, prayer line, all the way, amen, to the overcoming COVID-19 celebration, amen, and where we are right now where we'll continue to move forward, grow, and increase in the knowledge and the wisdom of God. Thank you. God bless. Amen. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. That's Mr. Chick. Amen. We we met him the first time when yes. we went to Moultrie a year, few years back. Amen. And 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 every time we go to Moultrie to see my primary care doctor, who whose office yes. is right across the street from where Mr. where that Sincero Sin is at. And he is, I mean, he's, it's like he was like glue, a, a, a hand in a glove with Sharon and I. And every time he see us, he'd be calling us his friends, his sisters, his brothers. And we have church every time we go there with Mr. Chick. I mean, just a sweet spirit, wonderful, kind-hearted man. And so you've had an experience with Mr. Chick. I'm telling you, that is a, he is definitely planted there as a gift from God to encourage people. And for me and for us, it just seems as though he's drawn to my to, to minorities. He's a white brother, older senior guy, 
and he's just as free as he can be, and he loves people. He loves to share that love. He loves to talk about the Lord, and he, he's, he's, a, he's a character. He's a, got a lot of ton of experience in life, and so, yes, that's Mr. Chick. You know, if you ever go to Moultrie, you know, go to Sincero, and, and I'm telling you, you're going to encounter Mr. Chick, and you're going to know who we're talking about because I believe God put him there just for Moultrie. is kind of like a lot of little towns in the South, you have a lot of racism. You have a lot of prejudice there, you know. But Mr. Chick, you know, he, he is a special cut, you know, a special breed that I believe God put there, you know, to be able to encourage people, you know, uh, when they come in that, in that, in that uh, restaurant there. So we love Mr. Chick. He told us he loved us. He hugged us. He embraces us. He calls us his friends. And he said, you're my brother, my sister from another mother. And so just a wonderful man. We get to minister to him and he ministers to us and he ain't ashamed. Now he'll come right on over there, sit down with us, talk. If we say we need some, need a napkin, he going to go get it. You say you need this, he going to go get it. And he will keep coming back to you. You need water, whatever you need, refill. Mr. Chick is right there, you know. And so, hey man, y'all had a chance to experience Mr. Chick. And like I say, man, there's not a time we go to Moultrie. And I go see my primary care doctor over there. Uh, now it's like once a quarter. But at one point it was like, you know, maybe twice a month. And I, and we look forward to go in that, in that restaurant and see Mr. Chick. You know, the food is great. It's healthy food. But I, we used to always talk about it. I wonder if I'm going to see Mr. Chick today, you know. And so, yes, thank God y'all have had that experience to warm your hearts while you were there for your mother, you didn't have to, that didn't weigh on your mind. I know it was in your heart, but to have a bright spot like that, you know, in a, in a restaurant environment, in a place like that, you know, it's very encouraging, very encouraging. So for anyone that's on this morning, if you ever go to Moultrie for any reason, stop by Sincero and just meet Mr. Chick. If, if you don't eat no food, meet Mr. Chick and he'll, he'll serve you some food of, of some, some love and some joy, man, that'll just warm your heart, you know, just a kind-hearted, sweet-spirited older gentleman amen and he talks about his wife he shares some things with you man that that you would think people would not share with you some intimate things about his life but uh precious precious soul that precious spirited man so thank you pastor eric amen i was going to weave in a testimony here but i hold off to next week because my testimony is kind of lengthy because i do want to talk about uh our event on um that took place on sunday just some of the things that uh, we experienced leading up to it and during and after. And uh, this morning, too, uh, 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 we've been praying, uh, Brother Deacon Charles Hayes, remember more than Con I mean, New Freedom Christian Ministry, might as well say more than Conquered Warriors, too, because we all worship together. And Deaconess uh, Patricia McNair, they're both, uh, they both had to go to the emergency room yesterday. And uh, we knew Brother Charles was under the weather. Uh, he got wet at work and had some energy, some uh, some uh, chest congestion and whatnot, and so he was not out there on the ground for our celebration. Uh, we told him to go home, and, and we didn't want him to be around and getting exposed. And so he, Minister Smith took him to the emergency room after she took uh, her uh, her sister Deaconess McNair, and both of them tested positive with COVID yesterday or last night. We got the report last night, and we've been praying, but. Um, you know, we thank God because the report was that the reason that they did not have the total blown uh, symptoms was because they had already been vaccinated. So they didn't keep them. Uh, they kept uh, Deaconess McNair because she had some other challenges, physical, medical challenges, but they sent Deacon Charles back home and 
told him, you know, that because he had been vaccinated, that his immune system was kind of fighting off, you know, th those uh, those effects. Amen. And so that's a good thing. This is why we push the vaccination, because it fights off things that your immune system would not naturally be able to do. And so we thought that was a wonderful report right there and give some credibility to why we pushing you to take the vaccination, because uh, the way Charles and people he works with, uh, he he got afraid. He got a little bit afraid, and he shared that when he called Minister Smith because his coworker that he worked with, they was on the job. They had to rush him to the emergency room, and he's not vaccinated, you know, with COVID, and so and he's still there. And so he it, it it alarmed him when he got that news, and so he felt like you know this is why I'm I'm having the problems I'm having, and so that he called her and said please come and take me and tomorrow. She said no, I'm gonna take you now because I just took your sister out there. And so both of them went to, to see the doctor and they both test. First, they gave her three tests and said she did not have it. It was it was negative. And then the later test they did more thorough. They came back and determined that she was positive. And so uh, and for him, the first test came back positive. And so they're quarantined right now. And if anybody had contact with them, we're telling them to just kind of quarantine and, and get themselves checked out. Amen. But we're going to keep pushing this narrative amen, about why it's important to get this vaccination. Uh, Charles had taken the Johnson & Johnson some time ago. Uh, Deaconess Patricia had taken uh, both uh, the Moderna shots uh, a while back when we first started pushing this and promoting this and encouraging people, uh, you know, to get the vaccination. And they're both part of the ministry. Uh, Deaconess Patricia uh, McNair married the brother Alexander McDeacon and Alexander McNair, and Charles is one of them. Those are three of our deacons in the church, amen. And so they're, they're servants. They love God. They usually be on the prayer line with us, you know, and, and, and everything. But we just hold them up in prayer, amen. God is just so awesome that uh, even in the midst of that, that there was a good report that if had not been that they were already vaccinated, it could have been worse than what it is. And they're not yet 100% out of the weather because they got to go through the little quarantine and whatnot. And uh, we're praying and believing God that they're going to be a full recovery. Amen. And so that was her grandson on Sunday, uh, Jr., who went and up and got vaccinated Sunday. Amen. And he's around his grandmother, you know. And so I, I'm just I'm just giving God praise because he stepped up and took that, uh, you know, took that vaccination. Now we're praying that his other siblings, his other cousins have been holding back and they are constantly over there to their grandmother's house. They have not been vaccinated, but that they'll go get vaccinated now as a scare to them to see how what, what happened with Deacon Charles and Deacon McNair, their grandmother and their uncle. So we thank God for for, for uh, the prayers of the righteous, as Pastor Eric stated. So we just continue to pray for their healing, continue to pray that God's will be done in their lives. And so, amen. That concludes our testimony service this morning. Again, we thank Pastor Eric for that testimony. Amen. We're going to continue to lift them up in prayer. Ms. Gussie's recovery, Crystal's husband, Calvin, uh, Solomon, and that family. Just so many things to pray for the Lewis family this morning. We keep praying for them. And amen. Wonderful family going to be a part of their homegoing celebration of life tomorrow morning at 11 in Quincy, Florida. So we just have so much to be thankful for. Amen. Crystal's uh, elder out of their church family, uh, lift them up. We continue to pray for them. 
uh, amen, and Sister Winky's family. We continue to lift them up. She joins us sometime on the prayer line. And we just give God all the praise. We give him all the glory. We give him all the honor for the things that he's doing. Thank God for all of you. Father, we just bless and we praise your holy name this morning. Now, Lord, we pray you use these testimonies, these words of testimony, of our testimony to encourage others, Lord, and strengthen them. Pray that the result would be that they're not vaccinated. They'll go get vaccinated. Let these be testimonies and witnesses to them, God, that you are a healer, God, and you will heal us, oh, Lord God. You are not, God, afraid of COVID, neither should we be, God, because, Father, you have given us the stripes of Jesus that we might use that as authority against sickness and disease. And Jesus was wounded in his body for our physical healing. Blood ran down, Lord God, for the remission of our sins. And so we thank God for the finished work of the cross, the merits of the cross. Now, Father, as we go into the word today, Lord God, we just give you the praise, the glory, and honor for all things. And for it's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen and amen. Pray. Well, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord this morning. We give God the glory. We give him the honor. We give him the praise this morning. This is Pastors Leslie Sharon Hayes this morning coming at you all. Amen. With hearts filled with just so much joy, peace, and, and, and love this morning because we believe that we're, we're special in the eyes of God. And so we just thank the Lord this morning that he would just allow us to rise early in the morning and gather together in his holy name. And we do gather in his name. We come in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to share these words of our testimonies because we know that the scripture says in the book of Revelation chapters 12 verse 11 that this is how we overcome our adversary by the blood of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world and by the testimonies amen of our lips and so we give God all the praise we give God all the glory we give God all the honor because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. And so we just thank him this morning for all of you this morning. We love the Lord this morning. We praise the Lord this morning because he's so, so worthy to be praised. And so great is the Lord and greatly to be praised this morning. Great is the Lord and greatly to be feared this morning because God, you take all of the honor this morning. And so we bless and praise your holy name this morning amen and so this morning amen we're going to get into the word this morning we're still dealing with the revelations of jesus christ this morning i've been talking out of the book of first john amen the second chapter and we're going to pick up uh, our study this morning amen in that chapter amen and on monday morning as we finished up talking about the revelations of Jesus Christ, uh, the, the, the subject that we dealt with was, uh, we finished up talking about the three misconceptions of man about Jesus Christ as, as, as John saw it and wrote from his perspective. And then we talked about the proof that one really knows God. And there were seven tests that we started talking about, amen, to prove it, to prove that, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, he is the son of God. He is who he said he is. He will do what he said he's going to do. And it's always good when you make a statement to provide proof and amen, because we're all going to be tested against that knowledge. Amen. Who Jesus is. That's always a question that we're going to have to answer as those striving to be like Christ. Christians, we call ourselves. Amen. And that's the one thing that sometimes that we have to be able to defend 
and give a word of witness and testimony of why we believe that he is, you know, and you can't do it for anyone else. You can only do it for yourself. And if you ever make that statement, you got to be willing to defend it. And the word of God is the only proof that you need. This is why it's so important to know these revelations and to study God's word, because you will get challenged. You will get asked. If you haven't, you will. And we don't want to be tap dancing around the bush and, and, and trying to come up with something or make up something. This is why we, we, we save these, these messages so you can go back and keep building yourself up and, and honing up your, you know, your knowledge base on who Jesus is. That's, that's a question that he asked Peter. Peter, who do you say that I am? After he asked him several times, who do men say that I am? And Peter really, you know, couldn't give him a, a better answer than what he knew. Uh, about who they thought he was, and it wasn't who he was. They thought he was somebody else. But then he said, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter got it right, and he told Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter, but my father. And he changed his name to Petros, meaning rock, and then he told him his assignment. He said, upon this rock, Peter, that, that, that testimony you just gave of who I am, upon this rock, this knowledge, this revelation, this wisdom, this truth, this proof, Peter, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So this is why the word of our testimony is so powerful. It reinforces the foundation that have already been laid, which is the teachings of the apostles and the prophets, where Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of every building that's built in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's important that we know this, amen, because this is what the scripture teaches us instructs and advises and warns us about a man these things were written for that very reason that we might know that he's the son of god and through him only do we have eternal life amen and so we're going to pick up here amen and just go over some scriptures uh we stopped off talking about amen what the lord said about you know being like a like a child verse one of that chapter amen is where we started and uh, I, we love this verse because it starts off by him saying, you know, uh, my little children, these things write I unto you, amen, that ye sin not. Because we know sin separates us from God. Amen. God cannot look at sin. Okay. He had, he couldn't look at it when Jesus came because he had to look at Jesus becoming sin for us. And there was a moment where that sin what Jesus was bearing on his on his body and in, in his life, you know, for our sins, sins of the world, it caused the father to, to forsake him. And he felt the real brunt of the pain of that, the full impact. Amen. But he did it because of us. Amen. So that we sin not once we read and know and learn these things that are written. And it says, if any man sin, we have an advocate that's talking about Jesus Christ, what we just described with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous spells it out right there in the scripture. So this is the key right here, the word about testimony. So the truth, amen, comes from the fact or the truth or the known fact that we are sinful, but we should not sin, okay? Our nature, because of Adam's sin, first man, but because of the second man's obedience, Jesus, second man, Adam, we call him, we should not sin. It shouldn't be something we look forward to. We should try everything we can not to sin. And if we do fall short, we should quickly repent and ask him to forgive us who's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. And we can go ahead on and pray and talk with the Father about the problem of the struggle and just ask him to help us not to go back and do those things and fall short and miss the mark and sin because he always says not go and sin no more when he does a miracle or healing or whatever it is he'll tell you go and sin no more thy sins have been forgiven 
Amen. And so that's the provision, you know, if we do sin, Jesus Christ is our advocate. Amen. Goes to the Father on our behalf day and night. He lives to ever intercede for us. He's the one who pleads for us before God. So we should ask him for help if we need help. So Christ likeness or child likeness is very essential element in this Christian life or this Christian walk. And we gave you several scripture references the other morning, Monday morning to bear that out. Amen. Uh, we talked about how sin is forbidden. We gave you scriptures on that. We talked about Jesus Christ is the Savior. Amen. He becomes our mediator. Amen. We went over some scriptures about that over in the book of, uh, matter of fact, we're going to kind of pick up uh, right there and talk just a little bit about those scriptures this morning. Uh, <clears throat> you know, sin is forbidden. We know that. We gave you a couple of scriptures to talk about that. You know, it says, after Jesus finding him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come, uh, you know, unto thee. And that's in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 14, the King James Bible. And he went on to say in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 11, the King James Bible, she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So it reinforces the, 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 the point of the fact or the truth of the matter that, you know, sin is condemned. Amen. And he's telling us that it is forbidden for us to sin once we become Christ's. Uh, Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 12, the King James Bible says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. And so he keeps reinforcing this fact that sin is forbidden. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 34, the King James Bible, it says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Amen. So sin, uh, once we are saved, if we continue therein, it should make us feel a little shame, a little convicted. Amen. So Jesus Christ is our Savior. He would save us from sin's dominion. Amen. Uh, you know, because he's become our mediator. He stands between us and the Father. He stands between us and the temptation. He stands between us and Satan who goes around like a roaring lion. So we have a mediator. You might not see him always, but he's working there to try to help you uh, sometimes to convict you when you're getting ready to fall short or make a choice that you know is, is, is contrary to God's way and God's will, that way that seems right, but it leads to the way of destruction. And again, that advocate, that mediator, Jesus Christ, you know, uh, in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, the King James Bible, he, he stresses the fact that he's our mediator. He says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He, he tells you right there. Uh, also in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 18 of the King James Bible, he says, For through him we both have access by one spirit, and that's a capital S on spirit there, unto the Father. And that's a capital L, talking about our Heavenly Father. Amen. We have access. So, so turn to God. Go to God. That, that the veil is rent, you know, you can go to him anytime. Father, help me. You know, I, if you fall short, Father, forgive me. You know, you can go to him, cry out to him. He's faithful and just, amen, to forgive us. He wants that personal relationship with his children. Come to him as Abba, you know, Daddy, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and ask him, talk with him, you know, speak with him. Don't talk about the problem he already knows. Just say, Father, I sinned against you. I fell short. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry, you know. And then he goes on in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 of the King James Bible. It says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and, man, and men. 
the man Christ Jesus. Amen. And so Paul recommends this to Timothy as a strategy. Timothy, if you fall short, Timothy, if when you become a pastor and a bishop, don't forget to tell the people that they have a mediator. Don't forget to teach them. Don't forget to instruct them. Don't forget to advise them. Don't forget to warn them, you know, that they cannot, you know, leave sin, you know, unforgiven sin in their life. You know, the ways of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. We read that in the book of Romans, chapter 3, 23, and chapter 6, you know, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 23. It's all right there, you know, <clears throat> that sin is forbidden. And he goes on in the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, verse 6, the King James Bible. It says, but now have, the, have he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. That's right. Grace now. You know, grace now instead of the law now. When they brought the woman caught in adultery, they were imposing the law. They were telling Jesus about the law, who had fulfilled the law. You know, and he knelt down and we know he wrote on the ground. Amen. And then he got up and he looked around. And he said, if any man be without sin, let him cast the first stone. They all of a sudden had a change of heart and disappeared. Never said another word. And so then Jesus looked upon her and said, woman, where are thou accusers? And she didn't know. But they was, they was where they needed to be. They got out of Dodge because they too were laden with sin. Probably was one of the ones, you know, that were accusing her that had slept with her the night before. And so you see here, he says, you know, she had a mediator just like us. This was a more excellent ministry because up until that point, we know if they caught a woman in the dirt, they stoned her according to the law of Moses. But now Jesus is on the scene and they got to deal with Jesus who fulfilled the law. Okay, so they brought her to him so that they could catch him and accuse him and stone him too. But he spoke such words of wisdom that was revealed to him by the father as he knelt down and wrote. And I don't know, it doesn't say, but I believe he wrote the law and I believe they looked over his shoulder and read it. And I believe that he put their name as they stood there because he was all knowing he knew her accusers. And when they saw their name by the law, I believe they got shame and they left. They said, oh, my God, man, he's right. Oh, my God, you know, something caused them to leave. I believe that it was only two things that could have caused that. The Lord knew their thoughts. He knew what was in their heart. And I believe that their names were written down on that ground. And this is me talking. The Bible, I, I can't, I don't read that in the scripture, but I believe it was something that caused them to disappear like they did. I believe they saw their name there. And I believe they saw, you know, pass, some passages of scripture from the law that they had violated because the question he asked them said, you know, he identified what was up. He said, if you be without sin, cast the first stone. And they couldn't, they couldn't, you know, in, in good conscience and in good faith, you know, say that they were not without sin. Amen. And so he is their uh, advocate too, but that was a more excellent ministry. Amen. That he, as a mediator, brought in a better covenant and they should have been asking him to forgive them too. Pray for me too, Lord which was established upon better promises. He promised a woman, amen, thy sins are forgiven, now go and sin no more. She took that promise with her. Her sins were forgiven. I'm pretty sure she shared it with some, uh, some people, some family members, maybe some of the people that she had been sleeping with. Maybe she said that day, you're not coming to my house. I'm not sleeping around anymore. I'm going to step off in a new life, amen, a new direction. In the book of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, the King James Bible says, and for this cause, he is the mediator of, a new of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first Testament, meaning the law. Okay. He was the fulfillment of it. So this is the beginning of a new Testament. Amen. Through Jesus Christ and his shed blood and his atoning sacrifice Testament that they, which are called 
might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. And so you got to deal with the sin issue that came as a result of violating the law that Jesus fulfilled that we wouldn't have to try to keep the law, but now we would, you know, be under the dispensation of grace <clears throat> and that grace will be all sufficient for us. You know, don't deserve it, can't earn it, but because of the merits of Jesus on the cross and his shed blood, we now have grace that's sufficient for us. Paul proved that when he asked the Lord to heal him because he had that thorn in the flesh over in the book of, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and 9, when the Lord said, Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul responded to him and said, I would rather glory in my afflictions that your grace might appear upon me. We saw grace appear upon this situation with the woman that was accused of being an adulterer. We've seen it over and over again when Jesus healed certain ones, how grace just showed up and the Lord healed them because he was moved with such compassion. See, that's what grace would do. Grace would cause someone that, you know, to, to, to have compassion toward you if they have God in their life. We talked last night about showing more mercy. We prayed for more mercy. And we need a lot of that because God is merciful. And for those who, who uh, are merciful, you know, they, they shall see the kingdom of God. They shall be with the Lord while we're representing him. This is an essential attribute that is very, very needed right now in the earth. It's people to show more mercy toward people and not more hate, you know, not more bigotry, not more lying, not more division, you know, not, not more, you know, just crazy right now, you know, finger pointing, blaming, laying blame, you know, just can't wait to call somebody out, you know, based on lies and deception and conspiracy theories and all that. And the Lord is calling for more mercy. He's saying, I'm showing mercy on you. My mercy is new every morning. Be merciful unto all people. Be merciful, you know. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for all your leaders, amen. Be merciful, says the Lord, amen. You're the ones that's going to be with me in the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, the King James Bible, he says, for Christ is not entered into the holy place, places made with hands, you know, talking about the, the, the different places he went when he was on the earth in the synagogues, you know, uh, you know, those places were made by hand. And he said he did not enter into those places, amen, made by hand, which are the figures of the true, but un into heaven itself. So, so, so he's saying, look, when God looks down from heaven and he looks at these places, he's first looking at the condition of his church. Remember, Jesus came. Where did he go? Into the church and clean out the money changers because it was not truly representing God. You know, they were in there selling and merchandising and doing all kinds of things. And the Lord cleaned it out because from heaven, God institutes his church in the earth. And remember now, he wants the earth, the church in the earth, will his will to be done there just like it is in heaven. So he recognizes his bride. He recognizes his house of worship when he looks down. And one of the things that he, he does is he sends the word of God to sanctify the saints of God together in the church. He wants them to know the truth. That should be the message. And that truth make them free. You know, he wants that word to go forth from that pulpit, from that platform, that it will never come back void, but to do what God pleased and the purpose for which he sent it, to revive the people, to renew them, to give them strength, that they might delight themselves in the word of God, which is a delight in a counsel to them. At the instance of that word, it giveth light. And so when he looks down, amen, in these so-called houses of worship, you know, 
He's looking in there to see, is that my house where everybody's somebody special? And remember the two churches in the book of uh, Revelation, uh, you know, church of, uh, you know, the Philadelphia church and church. He said, hey, I have, I have, I have, I'm, I'm pleased with you, but I have all with you too, because your, your, your theological doctrine is sound. You teaching, you know, every precept, you teaching it just like it was taught to you. But you have left your first love. In other words, you don't love the people in the church like I love them. And you say you love me. You ain't never seen me. And so, yeah, you can have the right message, but your heart can be messed up. You know, your character can be flawed, you know. In other words, you want the people to serve you, even though you're teaching them what the words say, but you're leaving out the fact that you dare to serve them. And so he makes this very clear. And he says the truth. He says, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. And so he's saying Jesus came, he cleaned the temple, he came and established the church, he came and gave him some guidelines, you know, told him how to, how to, what the message of the Father would, needed to be in the church, anointed them, prayed for the spirit of, of, of truth to come and continue to teach and reinforce what he taught while he was here. He gave him a commission, told him to go forth, you know, baptize all nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them all things that he taught while he was here, you know, and baptize all of them, you know, baptize them with the gospel. Let the Holy Spirit baptize them into the body, you know, and then baptize them with himself, you know, fill them with fire and power that they can go forth and be a witness. And so this was, you know, this was the truth that, that God sent Jesus with. And when Jesus left, the Father was going to send the spirit of truth, his promise, amen. And so Jesus brought that message, alerted them, warned them, taught them, imparted this to them. And then he left. He was crucified and glorified. And so that the truth, the spirit of truth could come. And then in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 24, the King James Bible says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling. We know that blood was sprinkled uh, even when, when, when God told Moses to, to, to kill the, 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 the lamb and, and roast it and, and take the hyssop and stick it in the blood and put it on the mantle and the doorpost of every house and tell anybody that, 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 that's out there that believe on God, go in your house, stay in there until the death angel pass over. And this is where we get the Passover. This is because of the sprinkling of the blood. But that blood today is still making an atonement. It's still being sprinkled today in the spirit realm. It's still right there with the Father. Jesus took that blood with him. That blood is still the life of the flesh. You know, still power in the blood. That blood still is there today to cleanse and wash away our sins. If we call on the name of Jesus, that we see him as our high priest intercessor. And he goes on to say there, you know, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. And so we know all the way back there, Abel was the son of Satan, you know, used by Satan, you know, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, not, not Abel, but uh, Cain, you know. And so, you know, he shed his brother's blood. That blood is crying out from the ground today, that innocent blood, you know. And we know Cain, the son of Satan, killed Abel, of amen, the seed of righteousness, you know. And ever since then, there's emanated between that seed and the seed of woman and the seed of Satan. And there's always going to be that. And the blood of Jesus is the, is the atoning uh, blood that covers our sin that the first man, Adam, you know, left upon us. And so we know that there's that Cain spirit out there. There's that Abel spirit out there, meaning good, meaning evil, you know. Righteousness, unrighteousness. They both represent some aspect, some characteristic of God. And that's still the case today, all the way from the beginning. And if you don't know what happened in the beginning, you're not going to know what happened in the end. And you're certainly going to be lost right now in between, in between the beginning and the end. And the only 
thing that can make us free from what happened in the, in the, in the, in the beginning and what happened in the end, what happened in the end is the blood of Jesus, that atoning blood, you know, his righteousness, you know, by the blood of Jesus. And so it's, it's, it's important. That's that covenant. That's that new covenant right there, the way Jesus Christ is the mediator. His blood is the atoning blood, not the blood of bullocks and, and, and goats and all that. that. That's done away with. There's a more excellent way now. And then he goes on, you know, to say in verse 2, and he is a propitiation for, okay, our sins, number one, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So we see here now in verse 2, amen, Jesus Christ is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice and reconciliation for our sins. So that's what propitiation, the word, it kind of like this, you know, that anybody that sinned under the old covenant, okay, the wages of that sin was death, okay? And so we needed an advocate to come and satisfy the father's requirement for death because of sin, okay? And so Jesus Christ was that propitiation. There was no one else that God could find that could come and satisfy his requirement that sin be put to death. But he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to be that sacrifice that would die, take our place, become sin for us, hang on a tree and be cursed by the Father, separated from the Father, just long enough to redeem us back to the Father, just long enough to reconcile us. And when I say us, I'm talking about humanity that was separated because of the first man, Adam, meaning that everybody born was going to be born a sinner in sin. But we were not going to have to die in sin because of our mediator, Jesus Christ, our high priest. And because he came and fulfilled the law and took away the weight of the law, that if it was really imposed upon us, he had not dealt with us according to our sin because of Jesus. And when the father saw him, he saw our redemption. He saw our reconciliation. He saw that his propitiation had been satisfied, you know, and now we could have peace with the father again. We could be reconciled. Jesus was kind of like that bridge that we could go back over into a present relationship with, his, with the father through Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the father except by him. And that's what he did, that sacrifice did for us, amen. And so, you know, and so it was through Jesus Christ, you know, he is our propitiation. He is the atoning sacrifice. That word atoning means covering our sin, covering the fact that we were born sinners, covering the fact that we had no other way to save ourselves. We couldn't keep the law. That had been proven. That's why Jesus had to fulfill it so we wouldn't have to keep it. And he brought in a new dispensation of grace that would be sufficient for us. His grace is sufficient for us. Every morning, grace and truth comes together. You know, we, we, we prayed one of those scriptures last night. You know, every morning, grace and truth comes together. Every morning, Ecclesiastes said in the third chapter, there is new mercy every morning. We don't deserve it, can't earn it. But because of this atoning sacrifice right here, because of this new covenant instituted in grace right here, we now have propitiation for our sins, the atoning sacrifice, and reconciliation for our sins. Only Jesus Christ could have done that. Sins, okay? So through Jesus Christ's atoning sacrifice, we have deliverance through Jesus Christ. 
I like that. Deliverance means to be saved from. It could be physical deliverance. It could be spiritual deliverance. It could be whatever type of deliverance that's needed from sickness and, and meaning that he saves us from it. That's what the word deliverance is talking about there. And sin is anything that causes you to miss the mark. Anything that is, is contrary to what God has said. We learned that uh, last night, you know, about, about anything, you know, that causes us, amen, to go against what God has said. That's sin. That, that's missing the mark. You know, that's falling short. A lot of times people think when you talk about sin, they're thinking about you killing somebody, something big on a large scale. <clears throat> no, a little white lie is still sin. There are some sins that wear a heavy penalty than other sins, but sin is sin. All of it's going to be dealt with. If we don't deal with it, God's got to deal with it. Jesus Christ already kind of took the, took the strength and the power out of it. This is why we should quickly repent when we mess up. Just don't go through no changes. Don't be talking about if I sin. Because if you say if I sin, you're challenging his divinity. You're challenging his authority. You're challenging his, 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 you know, his, his being a mediator. So we know we sin because that's who we are. We're sinners and we sin. And so we just should every day practice is asking God to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. And when he said in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15, he said, if my people would do this, if my people that are called by my name first humble themselves, live that life of repentance, you know, he said, hey, you know, humble themselves and pray. Pray for forgiveness of your sins. Pray a prayer of repentance, you know, for yourself. You know, for your children, for your household. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. God forgive us. Look down favorably upon us. And then pray for others, you know. And then he said, here's what I would do. I'll hear your prayers from heaven. And I'll take them before the Father as your mediator. And I'll advocate for you. And guess what? I'll forgive the sins of those who you have brought before me to include yours. And I'll heal the land. I'll expand your territory. I'll enlarge it. All those areas that you covered in your prayer that you asked me for forgiveness for every nation, every tongue, every tribe, your family, your extended family, your sons, your daughters, your cousins, your, all of them. And I'll heal the land of that, of that dominion of sin that's on them. That thing that's causing enmity between the seed of the serpent and, and you know, and, uh, the, and, and the seed of the woman. I'll continue to bruise his head for you. You'll tread upon serpents and scorpions of all the power and works of the enemy, you know. And so that's what he wants to do, deliver us through Jesus Christ. Uh, matter of fact, in the book of 1 Corinthians, amen, the 15th chapter, verse 3 of the King James Bible, it says it this way. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is what Paul is writing to the Corinthian church who had a lot of misconception. They had a lot of preconceived ideas. You know, they had a lot of the law still, you know, still functions, trying to function, operate by the law in the dispensation of grace. When you're under grace, the law is good to know because it's like a taskmaster, a teacher, a master educator. It teaches you what was wrong in your life. <clears throat> Showed you how bad we messed it up. We didn't get it right. But don't look at the law without looking at Jesus, who was the fulfillment of the law. And look at what he did. He fulfilled it so I don't have to. But I got to, you know, accept the grace and the mercy, the free gift of God. That's how I'm saved. By believing his, on his death, burial, and resurrection. No other way. That's the gospel right there. No other foundation that the gates of hell won't prevail against. And so Paul is teaching this to the Corinthian church. He says, according to the scripture. Okay, he's delivered us according to the scripture. 
Amen. And so, you know, it was, he died. That's what it was about, paying that price. Uh, it goes on in the book of Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, the King James Bible. He says, who gave himself for our sins. Notice now, he gave himself. He didn't put up no fuss or no stink to the Father. He understood how his Father loved us so much and how his Father loved him. And he knew out of love, his Father would not have chosen him if he did not love the world, you know. And so Jesus loved his father so much because he was loved by his father, understood the love the father had for the world so much that God gave his only begotten son, that Jesus Christ was willing to also give himself to the father so that the father could give him to the world. I want you to get that now. Jesus Christ gave himself to the father so that the father could offer him to the world as a sacrificial lamb. Isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't just give himself to the world because if it wasn't God's will, it would have been in vain. But he gave himself to his father out of love for his father. And because he knew his father loved him, he was going to be okay by doing that. By doing that. He knew what that meant to the father. To have his world reconciled back to him. And there was nobody on earth, nobody born at that point that could satisfy that propitiation, but his son, Jesus. And the Bible said his only begotten son, he wasn't born of, of human blood. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, you know. And so he was a very special child born unto us, son given unto us, you know. Wonderful counsel, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Upon his shoulders, the government shall be, you know, every level of government, every type of government, you know, all of that was going to be reconciled back to the father through his love for the world because he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So there's a bigger picture here. And we got to get that perspective right there is that Jesus gave himself to the father out of love. The father gave him to the world because he so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's in the book of, of, of John, the third chapter verses, you know, John three sixteen, the King James Bible, we say, uh, the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16 of the King James Bible. And so it's all right there, you know, according to the will of God, our Father. This is, this is how it was done. This is why it was done. This was God's will, you know, and his will is going to be done, and it has been done, and it will continue to be done, and it's being done right now. Also, in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 24, the King James Bible, we like to use this scripture a lot when it talks about healing redemption, you know, being redeemed from the curse of the law, sickness, sin, all that's a curse of the law. Anything that's contrary to the grace of God, the love of God, the precious promises of God, the benefits of God, it is of the devil. Okay. Listen to what he says here in the book of first Peter chapter two, verse 24 of the King James Bible, who his own self talking about Jesus bear our sins in his own body. Where did he do it? On the tree, meaning the cross, that we, now I'm talking about we, this is a universal message here about salvation, about forgiveness, about redemption, about the pitiation being paid for on your behalf. Being dead to sin. Now, Jesus did not have no sin in his life. He was dead to sin from the get-go. He was dead from sin, dead to sin from the foundation of the world. There was no sin ever to be anywhere found in him or on him until he died for us and became sin for us. He had clean heart and pure hand. He was totally... Uh, you know, conceived of the Holy Ghost. No bad blood. And it, was, it was impossible for him to sin until he became sin for us. Being dead to sins, original sins, his own sins that he, you know, he had committed wasn't there. None existent. 
should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. And Jesus came the whole 33 and a half years until that moment where he became sin for us. He lived unto righteousness, promoting the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. That's why we can say who, have, who believe on him that we are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ's shed blood. You know, you know, only way. And that brings healing and redemption right there. He, uh, he said we are healed with those stripes. Well, what, what about the blood, Pastor? It's that blood that was shed that covers our sin, that washes them away, makes us whole again. In the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, the King James Bible, it says this, Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There it is again. We said propitiation means the reconciliation that we needed, okay, to reconcile us back to the Father, amen, to, you know, be that mediator for us, to stand between us and the world that's so full of sin and entices and attempts and seduces us to sin. You know, he stands in between. He's that mediator, you know, there to provide that propitiation. In other words, he's saying, Father, look at me. Take it out on me. You know, I'll I, I bear it for him. you know. And Father, if they can't bear it, I know you won't put no more on them than they can. I'll, I'll make a way for them to escape out of it. I am that way. If they'll turn to me and come to me, you know, I'll sup with them. You know, I'll make their, them white as snow, though their sins be red like crimson. If they would just come to me and reason with me, have conversation with me. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. As I stand at the door and knock, if any man enter, open that door and invite me to come in, invite me to come in, you know, willingly, obediently, they shall eat the good of the land. I'll come in and sup with them. I come in and reason with them. Though their sins be red like crimson, I'll make them white like snow, says the Lord. And so here it is, you know, right there in the scripture. Amen. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but we know God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, you know, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, that reconciliation, that mediator for our sins that go between and uh, amen. And for my final scripture, amen, uh, this morning, uh, we're going to look at the book of Revelation. We love to look at the book of Revelation because we know in the beginning was one thing in between is something else. But it all leads to how things are going to end in the, you know, in the in the end. And this is why the revelations are so important is that we get to see it in the beginning, reflect on it, meditate on it, think about it. Then we get to live by it in between till we get to the end, enduring, you know, until the end to be saved, you know, so that we can receive either a reward or either eternal punishment. It's our choice. Everything in between the beginning and the end is our choice. And God has given us plenty ability to choose because he's given us his word. You know, and he says, forget not all these benefits. Get Forget not what was purchased for you through the second man, Adam. You know, you can no longer use that as an excuse. You didn't know. I want you to know the truth. That's my will for you, that the truth make you free. You know, you will not be able to give that excuse in the end. You know, he said, until every creature has had a chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, only name by which you can be saved. That truth. And if the sun sets you free, then and then only are you free indeed. Spiritually, that's talking about being spiritually liberated and freed and saved, you know, by the word of God. 
by his precious promises, by the blood of Jesus, by the merits of his cross, by the fact that he satisfied Father's requirement that all sinners, you know, will receive the wages of death for their sin. But thank God for Jesus who became our mediator and reconciled us back to the Father for our sins. He dealt with it for us, took the sting out of it, took the power out of it. Oh, death, where is my God? Whew, where is your victory? I mean, grave, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? You know, where is your sting? You know, you're supposed to hit me hard because of sin, but because Jesus is my mediator, you couldn't get to me without going through him. His finished work on the cross. It's those merits that granted us to be back in reconciliation and reconciled to the Father. And so the last verse is in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 5, the King James Bible this morning. And it says, And from Jesus Christ, which is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. Now notice what it says. It didn't say the firstborn, but it says the first begotten here. And you have to remember, he is the only begotten son of the Father. So he was never, never conceived of man or woman. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost and begotten of the Father. And here it says the first begotten from the dead, of the dead, you know, because we know he rose again on the third day. So he was the first begotten from the Father, from the dead, you know, reconciliation power, also resurrection power. We know he is the resurrection power. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do. In three days, if you destroy this temple, I'm going to raise it back up. But we know he had a lot of help. The father had his back. And what Jesus couldn't do, the father did through him. Guess what? What, the, what? what we can't do, God would do through us. What the church cannot do, God would do through the church. If the church would yield herself to him. And the church is not the building. The church is the, 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 the body. Okay? Individual members, many members, but one body. Fitly, knitly, rightly joined together in the household of faith where the foundation has already been laid, the teachings of the apostles and the prophets representing the law and the prophecies. You know, those teachings, those foretelling, those foreshadowings of, of, of better things to come, that new covenant in his blood, in his atoning sacrifice, you know, where we draw strength. Know that there's blood still making an atonement covering our sins when we fall short. But there's also forgiveness and mercy available to us, too. If we ask God to forgive us, he's faithful and just. We don't deserve it, but he does it anyway because he's not basing it on us. He's basing it on the merits of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, on that cross. He didn't say, Father, take this cup away. He said, no, if it be your will, take it away. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It's in the book of Luke chapter 24, around verses 49 on to the, you know, the, the, the preceding verses. It's all right there. The beautiful plan, you know, that God uh, instituted, amen, through his son, Jesus. And he goes on to say, and for Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. He's the prince of peace. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's a great God and deliverer. He's the I am. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one where every other knee going to bow before him. Every other king, every other God, every other queen, whoever going to bow before Jesus. You know, the name of the Lord is that strong tower where the righteous run into and they are safe. They who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadows of the Almighty. And we will say of the Lord, he's our refuge and our fortress. In him do we put our trust. All of the gods have to bow before him. You know, everything that have breath have to praise him. And he goes on to say there, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 
Nobody else's blood could do it. There had been blood offered, you know, sprinklings all over the place, you know, in Egypt, on the mountains, the doorpost. But that system was done away with, okay? And he brought in a more excellent way where that blood that ran down on the cross, he took it with him and it's at the right hand of the Father right now. And the Bible says that blood is still yet making an atonement for us, still covering our sins. If we ask God to forgive us, he's faithful and just and to cleanse us with the blood of Jesus that's still making an atonement of all our unrighteousness so that we now can say, I am the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross. And that should be our testimony. Why? Because in the book of Revelation, as we close chapter 12, Around about verse 10, it talks about how Satan, the devil, our adversary, he goes to the Lord, you know, back and forth, accusing the brethren day and night, accusing us, you know, of our sin, accusing us of our wrongdoing. Like he's ignorant of the fact that there is an atoning blood right there, too, that's covering our sins, you know, that we have a high priest right there. And he's trying everything he can, you know, to deceive to, you know, and he's you know, got his little imps going around, his evil spirits. And we have power and dominion over them because of that blood. And the Bible says he forever liveth to make accusations against us day and night. So that means we got to always be watchful and we got to be prayerful. We got to always talk with the Lord concerning things because of that accusation. He just waited to pounce on it and say, see, I told you. You know, that's why we should always re repent quickly. The blood has never lost its power. It's right there to wash that sin away, remit that sin. But we got to repent quickly. Ask God for forgiveness. And he's the one that's faithful and just. And then it says, and we overcome not only by the blood of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, but also by the word of our testimony as we heard so eloquently stated this morning. There was word in that testimony. It was God's word based on God's word. And we love not this life that we're living right now unto death. Don't let this life kill you trying to please this, this world in this life. Be in this world, but don't be of this world. There is a better covenant. There's a better promise. There's a better hope. There's a better future that God has planned for us. And he went away to prepare and he said, I'm coming back to where I am. There ye may be also. I'm going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm going to bring a new Jerusalem with me. And you can forever be with the Lord. It does not yet appear what you shall be. But one thing you ought to know for sure, based on the word, is that when he shall appear, you're going to be just like him because we're going to see him the way we are. This old corruption is going to be taken off. We're going to put on incorruption. This old mortality is going to be done away with, and we're going to put on immortality that we might forever be with the Lord in that prepared kingdom, which there'll be no end. And so that's the lesson this morning. Amen. We're going to end right there. We give God praise. We give God glory. We give God honor this morning. Amen. That we're looking at some of the proofs of who he is and what he said was authentic. It was the truth. It's infallible <coughs> because it comes straight from the love of God, that he loved us, that he would love it with us and tell us the truth. He'll share with us things to come, things that have not happened yet, just like he shared with them things that had already come to pass and things that are going down right now. God is moving, amen, by his spirit in the earth realm. And he's given us his word, the revelations of his word, that we might learn and know that he is still the son of God, only begotten of the father, full of grace and full of truth, still dwelling among us right now by his word and by his spirit in his glorious presence. And he's still making an atonement as our high priest and intercessor, our mediator, our reconciler to the father, still today.
haven't changed. Same yesterday, today, and forever. So we love you, Father. We thank you for that. We pray now, God, that this word will go out, fall on good ground, not come back, Lord God, void. Open up the stopped up ears right now, Lord God, eyes that people may behold and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation that you have not changed. You're still the atoning sacrifice for our, for us now. You're still the sacrificial lamb. Uh, your, the blood of Jesus is still making an atonement. Amen. It hasn't lost its power. And so, Father, we just thank you that we can cry. We are the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the finished work on the crosses by those merits that we now have a right to the tree of life because we acknowledge that he's the only begotten of the Father. Amen. Came into this world, Lord God, to put us back in right standing with you, reconciled us. Now he's our mediator and high priest, interceding for us to forever live. Amen. To intercede for us. And so, Father, as we today, Lord God, bring this to a close, we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for all the testimonies. Lord God, the words of our testimony, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the ability to overcome, Lord God, our adversary through the blood of Jesus, through his righteousness that we can declare we are the righteousness of God as we submit ourselves to you each and every day, Lord God, and draw near to you and watch our enemy flee from us for a season. And so we come back, Lord God, every season to worship you, to praise you, every opportunity to worship you, to praise you, because we know Satan, our adversary, is sending out his little wimps going back and forth, seeking whom they may devour. So we thank you that every gap is closed, every door is closed, every access, every crack is closed off to him because, Lord, you fight our battles for us, Lord. You, Lord God, keep him at bay, Lord God. And we thank you that he's held in chains right now, waiting for his eternal fate as we right now are free, God, to worship you as we wait and labor, Lord God, to the end to be saved and know our eternal destiny, O oh God. And we pray in the name of Jesus that we will overcome all the way to the end by the blood of the Lamb, Lord God, that we'll continue to confess our sins and faults one to another and ask you to forgive us of all our uh, sin and unrighteousness, Lord, as we fall short. We thank you now for the atoning blood of Jesus Christ that still make an atonement for us, have not lost this power. We give you praise going on for it right now. In Jesus' name, let this word continue, Lord God, to speak and bless your people. Let these revelations continue to reveal who you are to us, that we may make you known to a dying, unregenerate world out there, God, that is without, Lord, right now, without salvation, Lord God. But, Father, through repentance, through the goodness of the Lord that leaded to repentance, <clears throat> We're praying for the lost to be saved today, the backslide to come back, and the prodigal sons and daughters to return to their first love. Is our prayer today, for it's in Jesus' name we offer this prayer. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and end right there.